When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley and Ali Moreno. We'll kick things off in the Premier League at the Etihad. What a game it turned out to be between Manchester City and Spurs. It would be Spurs who would open the scoring early on. Son making it 1-0, but then moments later, he'd score at the other end. His first professional own goal to make it 1-1. City then created a number of chances. We saw Doku hit the post. Haaland with a couple of big chances that he couldn't convert. And then Phil Foden would make it 2-1. Spurs better in the second half, though. Lo Celso will make it 2-2. Jack Grealish came on in the second half. Looked like he had scored the winner. But then a brilliant heller from Kulisewski meant that it finished Manchester City 3, Spurs 3. Good news for both Arsenal and Liverpool. Arsenal then remain top of the table. Liverpool into second. So what that means, at the top of the table, Arsenal remain clear by two points. We'll talk about Liverpool and their comeback against Fulham a little bit later on. But we'll kick things off with that six-goal thriller in Manchester as we welcome in uh, Frank LeBeuf to the show. Uh, we'll hear from Frank in his lovely orange polo neck in a moment. Oh, um, Frankie, Frank. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Look Holy, at that. <laughs> Holy smokes. How much fun was this? All again. Right. Well... Frank said six goals yep. in his prediction, but it was 4-2 for City. Look, I, I don't think... There was no surprise the way the game started, right? We knew Spurs were not going to change. They were going to try and play out, take chances, and City pressed well. I mean, we talked about Arsenal yesterday on yesterday's show, how well they pressed. City are the same. And, and, and so there was chances galore. I... I I've got so much admiration for what this manager is trying to do at Tottenham Hotspur. To go to the best team in Europe, as they, are, as they have been for the last uh, 12 months or so, to go there with the walking wounded and the suspensions that they have and continue to try and do what they do and pull off a result like this. Let's not forget Liverpool went there recently with a full squad. And it was a decent game. Mm-hmm. Right? But they went there with, the, with all guns blazing, pretty much. Right? He went there with two hands tied behind his back. His feet were tied up as well, and yet they still were able to do this. There was flaws on both sides, but it was great to watch. I I applaud what Tottenham did and how they went about it, and I think it defeats the argument somewhat about why don't we just go there and just try and keep this 10 behind the ball and see what we can get. And people have been critical of Foscoglu. They say, look, you're going to have to change. Well, I, I, I think, you know... Some people just don't understand the mindset. Pep Guardiola has got to where he's got. Carlo Ancelotti has got to where he's got. And Jurgen Klopp and others by doing what they believe in. He is going to succeed or fail his way. And I have to say as a neutral, I am thoroughly enjoying what Tottenham are doing. That being said, we've said before, Man City, who are the real title contenders in here, not Tottenham. Tottenham will not be there at the end of the season for all the good football. They cannot keep a clean sheet. They're not the only one in the Premier League up the top, but they cannot keep a clean sheet. Frank, we will watch a lot of rubbish, don't we? As part of this job, this wasn't part of it. Brilliant. 
That's that was amazing, and I, I'm with Craig. You know, I, I think uh, uh, Postecoglou has faith on what he's offering to uh, to the players. He knows exactly what he wants, and he's ready to 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 die with the, uh, his ideas. And uh, I said yesterday the six goals because I knew that Tottenham would go for that. I mean, since the game I saw against Chelsea, where they were nine against eleven, they kept on that on going forward and trying to play high on the field. Well, I. I felt that the guys, the the only ideas that the guy has, is the fight is in fact going forward and trying to to push the the team to uh, to to his best and to force the opponent to to defend, even if it's Manchester City. That was amazing that they never gave up. I I, I really thought after Glilish third goal, I say, well, that's over, and uh, they're going to consider another goal, and I'm going to be right for my prediction. <laughs> But the players, they kept on going. They kept on believing on on what Postecoglou uh, taught them, in fact. N uh, knowing now that they have the quality to come back anytime against even the best team in Europe, as Craig said. And they did. Amazing game. Enjoyable everywhere. In, uh, every, for every minute. I, that was Premier League. Really Premier League like I love watching. But the problem is, if you're a City fan watching this, every time a team goes forward against you at the moment, you feel like you're going to concede. What's going on? <laughs> the transitions defensively for Manchester City are all over the place. And I mean all over the place. And while I appreciate Manchester City's and Spurs' ability to go and press high up the field, in the case of Manchester City, as they go and press high up the field, if they don't regain possession of the ball right away and teams play out of that pressure, What's concerning to me, and I, look, I love me some Pep Guardiola and I love me the, his approach to the game. But you have to have a basic structure defensively that you fall into, a, a certain shape that you fall into once other teams have broken through that pressure. And there is no shape to Manchester City once other teams break through that pressure. People are just running and sprinting back out of control, trying to cover a space, hoping that they can get on the way of something and clear the danger that way. Organization, structure, those things, even, even for a team like Manchester City, need to be important. I know you're going to have most of the ball. I know you're going to have the possession. But at some point, you're going to lose it. At some point, another team is going to be able to play through you. And a team like Spurs can play through you, and they did. And when that happens, there needs to be an understanding as to what positions players take defensively. If they don't, it's what we see time and time again. We saw it against Chelsea. We saw it against Leipzig. We saw it against Liverpool. We saw it against, against Spurs. This team, when they are running back to, towards their own goal, it's all over the yeah. place. There is no organization, and a team that can actually put passes together is going to find the open man, and that open man is going to score goals. Ongman's son has a field day against City, it mm. seems, almost every time. It's probably one of his favourite teams to play against. Everybody else would be like, oh, <laughs> Man City this weekend. But actually, the reason because they play the way they play allows him that space to run in behind. If you think back to last year, some of those balls at the Etihad that Harry Kane was whipping in behind first time and Son was just using his pace and we saw that again today unfortunately for him he got himself an own goal uh, as well but you couldn't apportion any blame i tell you who I've really liked recently as well now Bentancourt came in 
unfortunately got injured again from that bad challenge from Matty Cash. But I think Lacelso has done a really, really good job. Now, we know he's a good player. He's been out on loan at Villarreal. He comes back in. He looks as if he's still surplus to requirement. But he can play so many positions across that sort of midfielder wide. And I think he's done, even before his goal, I thought he done, I think he's been doing really well. And we talk about Postacoglu. He did what, he did somewhat retreat a little bit at half-time. What changed in the second half? Well, well, one of the things changed was he realised Brian Hill is a, a very talented technical player, but he's lightweight, right? He's lightweight. So he switched, he got Johnson, he switched Johnson to the other side, the left side. He put Kulisevsky in the right, brings Hoiberg on, who isn't, is probably the worst passer, one of them in, in the Tottenham team, certainly from midfield going forward, but at least he'll run about and make some tackles, fill some holes, and it allowed Lacelso to go and sort of float around a little bit more. He got himself a goal, so they had three midfielders in there, and they had a little bit more power and pace in the wide positions. And Brennan Johnson is really, really quick, the young signing from Nottingham Forest, and that was able to give Kyle Walker uh, some more food for thought. Right. Because in, in the first half, Johnson was on uh, the right-hand side, and you saw him outpace, I think it was uh, Akanji, uh, so it gave a little bit more food for thought for City on that right-hand side. And once they started asking some more questions, you can just feel in the City crowd that they know they're not defending as well as they did last year. That being said, I'm still like Frank in a sense that I, I did feel every time City got their nose in front, they were going to go and, and kill this game off, which, which I think many thought they would. And I suppose there's another one big controversy that happened uh, right at the end. Yeah, but obviously yeah. the referee should have played the advantage. He looked like he did initially. In he fact. did, and then I wonder if he felt that the Tottenham players had stopped. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. And then he felt the need to blow right. the whistle. But it looked like a look on the face of it. It looked like, and it looks like a horrendous call. Yes, right by the referee. But for all those City fans and others mourning about it, I would say one thing. Right. Simon Hooper did not allow three goals to go in the back of the net and Simon Hooper wasn't blasting the ball over and all the chances that they missed in the first half. So you can't just, if you're looking at it from a City perspective, once again, three goals at home here. Four goals at Chelsea, Ali talked about Leipzig, then there's a Liverpool game that they had by the scruff of the neck, they were struggling in the end. Then you look at the chances they missed in the first half, particularly Haaland, right? So when you look in, you can't just keep saying referee, 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 referee. Yes, it was a terrible decision, but it's not the reason City took a point out of this game. It was their own deficiencies. Frank, defensively, how easy is this to fix for City? Uh, uh, do you mean to fix against City or to fix the problem that to City has? To fix the problem, as they said, concede four against Chelsea, two against Leipzig, obviously Liverpool and now oh. Spurs as well. You know, you I can't keep a clean sheet. Yeah, but it's not automatically because of the defense. I think they outnumbers in the middle of the park. And uh, and Craig explained, you know, the uh, uh, how Postecoglou changed uh, his his tactic and uh, and and the player that he that he had on the field. I think they were Tottenham Spurs. They were one more in the middle of the park against Akenji and uh, and um, uh, sorry. Um, Rodri. Rodri, thank you very much. And it's how they managed to, to get higher on the field and to, and to surprise more. They took more risks defensively, but they put under pressure the, the, the midfielders, Man City's midfielders. And after, ah, you know, I wasn't very impressed by Guardiola today. I was more impressed by Diaz. I think Diaz came back to maybe his best. 
I would say, and in numbers of occasions, he, uh, he, uh, he made good, a good uh, stop, uh, like, uh, like against, um, I think it was once in a, in a good tackle in the second half. Mm. But otherwise, I found I found Manchester City pretty fragile, and I think you have to go back to being more homogeneous on the field, like Guardiola tries to to do right now. I think he put like almost four forward, and they didn't really communicate to each other. They didn't replace themselves, you know, in the middle of the park when they were losing the ball. It's where it starts, and when you play against the Spurs team, we think automatically to go forward and go like, you know, I'm going for it. And I go 100%. Why do you put your, you, yourself at risk? And it's how you have to change the thing where, yeah, you have the position of the ball, and Ellie mentioned that, but you have to anticipate when you're going to lose the ball. That's how you become very strong, very solid, because you already know what you're going to do when you lose the ball. That's how they can cope with the situation they are facing right now. You ever seen a transfer? Has anybody ever seen a transformation? See, I've been seeing in a team that last April and May we sat here and if, you were, if, if the boss had said to you, "Watch Tottenham for me today," yeah. we'd all have been like, "Oh, for God's sake!" <laughs> and, it's the, and it's literally the same players minus the best striker in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> never seen. I personally, at elite level, have never seen. Now, this is not suggesting that they're going to go and win anything. That's a different story. But I've never seen. A similar squad of players have such a change in style in six or seven months. And it makes them very easy to root for, doesn't it? And, and while I agree I with mean, all Arsenal of that... Arsenal fans must be hating well, yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are top of the league. I, I would say, while I agree with all of that, it's also true that Manchester City should have been up by four goals yeah. at halftime. Yeah. So Holland had a shocker today. So that's, that's also part of the conversation. It, look, what, I'm seeing from, what we're seeing from Spurs, great. And, and we appreciate it because it's a lot more fun to watch them play now than it was certainly last season. But it's also true that by halftime, this game should have been over. So you're being negative and he's being... I don't know what's happening. I would have rather watched Atletico Madrid last year. <laughs> Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Uh, what a game at Anfield. In the end, it would be Liverpool to win by four goals to three. Alexander-Arnold, the hero, his late strike, would see Jurgen Klopp's side take all three points. Ali, I know you kept an eye on this game, which had pretty much everything, mm -hmm. but it had the good and the bad of Liverpool. And the good and the bad of Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. And, and, and I, that, I think, is when you watch Liverpool and you watch this player, you live with the shortcomings of what he does or doesn't do defensively because of the things that he can give you offensively. The, this, the, the little passes around the corner, the little chips over the top, the goals, the quality of the finishes, and the fact that he gives his team an outlet through the midfield, a credible outlet through the midfield because he has that range of passing. But with that said, there's also difficulties with Alexander Arnold. In the third goal by Fulham, Tom Kearney, who had just come off the bench, he is side-by-side side with Alexander Arnold when Kearney drops the ball off. Kearney makes a run into the 18-yard box. Alexander Arnold is not concerned whatsoever in chasing this run. Pulls out Konate. Eventually, Kearney puts the ball into the back post, and they get a goal at the back post with a header. And you forget all of that, and you put it aside because he's able to give you the game-winning goal. But this is what Liverpool is. They give you a lot offensively, but they give you a lot defensively as well in, the, in regards to conceding goals, conceding opportunities. They're exciting to watch, just like Spurs. A lot more quality, I think, overall than Spurs. But it's the same type of team, and it's the same type of team that is going to have to outscore teams in order to win matches. Now, I, went for, I opted for the Chelsea-Brighton game, which we're going to get to, because I thought this game was going to be... Walk in the park. A foregone conclusion, or if, if there ever is one. We have a Fulham team that have had... They're certainly a little better now. They're picking up a little bit of steam, but they've had a tough start to the season. Away from home, they've got a total of six points. One of the worst teams in the Premier League in the bottom half in terms of their away record. I think they've only scored six or seven goals on their travels, and they get three of them today at Anfield. And as Ali said, I think that is part of a big issue for Liverpool in terms of the title challenge. They can't keep coming back with these great goals, particularly against the weaker teams and it's one of the reasons that I think come the end of the shakedown that it's going to be Arsenal as Man City's biggest challengers, the team at the top of the league at the moment. If all things been equal and they can keep Gabriel Jesus fit, I think they're a lot more solid. And yeah, Liverpool are going to be exciting. This, this, we're going to see a lot of these kind of games, it's open and it's fast, but defensively I just think there's just still so many questions and when Fulham can go there and score three goals at Anfield with their struggles this year, that's a concern for me if I was Jurgen Klopp, a big concern. And if you're going to outscore teams, you're going to have to have your centre forward scoring the tap-ins. Yeah, Nunez, of and course, hit, once again, hit the post, didn't he? Or hit the bar, and yes. then obviously the late, cha late chance he had as well. I, I cannot question the work rate. I cannot question the attitude of Darwin Nunez. This guy is willing to run all day, every day for you. And you love him as a teammate when he's able to do that for you. But he's also the center forward, the center striker for Liverpool. And so when he has tappings, he has to put those in the back of the net. Particularly and especially when this is a team that we just mentioned, well documented, they don't defend all that well. So you're going to need to score goals. Darwin Nunez has to be scoring the tappings if this team are going to achieve the things that they think they can achieve. Meanwhile, at Stamford Bridge, Chelsea beat Brighton by three goals to two. A game, though, with plenty of controversy. We'd see Conor Gallagher sent off, meaning that Chelsea had to play the second half with just ten men. And Calceda really should have followed him down the tunnel as well. Chelsea, though, held on by three goals to two to take the win. As you said before, Craig, obviously this is the game you're keeping an eye on. How would you sum up Chelsea? Uh, I remain completely unconvinced with them. Uh, Brighton made 
who arrived back from Greece on, on Friday morning from the Europa League, made some changes. Midfield was 18-year-olds playing and Lewis Dunk wasn't available from his red card. And, and yet they still... I mean, Chelsea got two goals from set pieces. And then the crowd was dead, quiet. Because there was no football being played. And the, and, and the disciplined situation is a problem. We had Rhys James sent off last week for two bookable offences. We had Cucurella suspended for this week for gabbing on. We had the captain for the day, Conor Gallagher, running around after his first yellow like a bull in the china shop, right? With no game awareness, making stupid challenges just over the halfway line and deservedly gone. We've had Caicedo, who was whinging and moaning at the referees, should have been sent off. We've had Pochettino, who's just back in the technical area from a three-match suspension. But yet they get a victory. Mm. It's, it's not quite as low as, I would say, Man United in terms of the way they were playing, the way they're playing, but it's not far off it. I'm not convinced by them. Yeah, it was difficult to play football against Brighton when you went down to 10 men, but that was their own problem. So th this is one, and I have no idea why Pochettino was moaning and groaning and whining at the end of the game, because everything pretty much went his way today. Otherwise, he wouldn't have got three points. Frank, Chelsea did win. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and good for them. <laughs> and and um, I'm pleased for them. I think they were courageous, especially uh, playing 10 against 11. But I have to go with Craig in a way that uh, uh, the football that they play wasn't the best. And, uh, and it's due also to Brighton. I think I was very um, yeah, disappointed by the way Brighton uh, played the first half, reacted the second half. It's like at some point I didn't see the, 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 difference, uh, the differences of, uh, of players uh, uh, in, on the field between Chelsea and Brighton. And, um, and yes, I, I have also to agree with Craig that uh, Gargier has to be careful on a second. I know he wants to play the ball on a second yellow card, but you cannot go like that. You know, you have to tackle the other way to kick the ball away, not to get the ball back. Because you know you're going you're gonna to put in the middle of, uh, of uh, the player's leg your, your left leg. And you're going to, yeah, you're going to trouble the ref uh, at, at the point. And, uh, and that's, that was rightly given. He, he, he was um, rightly sent off. Um, after, it's always the same problem. We, we feel that at front, they're not, um, they're not at 100% or they're not convincing. Uh, um, in the middle of the park, they may, might be too aggressive. And sometimes at the back, they make mistakes. Sanchez made a huge mistake in the first half. He almost considered a goal. We saw also some clumsiness. Um, I only want to remember that they played 10 against 11, that they got the three points, and that uh, it's against Brighton, um, which is a very good club in the Premier League. So they have to take that. They have to correct some stuff, but they have to be happy with the, with the result. I wish some of these referees would start showing some guts and bottle. Mm. Go, over the the go over the monitor and say... Do you know what? I'm sticking with my on-field decision because I thought James Milner, did, who was clearly outpaced, used his experience, I thought he did a brilliant job just leaning in, which is not a penalty. You know, anybody saying, oh, it's a push, it's not a penalty. No, and no, no. I, and I get it, there was a collision of legs. Right. Right? But it was, it was yeah, okay, six, thank of, you. six of one and two threes of the other. A coming together. Correct. So hey. you agree, Frank, no penalty? I don't know. I think it's a penalty for me because he pushes with, uh, with his right, uh, right arm. He, he leans into him, Frank. Come on. Side. All done. All done. All done. It's not, only, it's not only that. He makes a foul with his left leg. 
He makes a foul with his right leg. You can see that he touches the two legs, Mudrich two legs. So there are three fouls for me on on uh, on Milner uh, uh, attain, um, um, try, on Milner trying to get the ball back. He doesn't play the ball. He doesn't care about the ball. He just wants to push Mudrich out of the business, allowing the goalkeeper to get out. And I'm sorry. At first, I say, well, that's yeah, the, the arm is a little bit light. But you look at the bottom and you check the legs. There is two touches from the left leg from Milner and his right leg, especially the second one, his knee. I think his right knee touches um, Mudrich Achille. So therefore, for me, no doubt, it's a, it's a, it's a penalty. No, I, 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 I think you see, you see defenders leaning into attacking players all the time. And, and I think it would be very difficult to ascertain who initiated the contact first with the legs. Right. I think this is definitely, as Alice said, it's a coming together of the two players. The referee's instinct at the time, I think, was spot on. And once he goes over there, he's now flapping around because, oh, he sent me to the monitor, I'm <laughs> going to have to give it now. He bottled it and he gave it very, very soft. <laughs> and, and, and the question then is, was it clearly and obviously a mistake uh, was it was it egregious for him to be called onto the monitor? He saw the play. Yeah. He made the call, but obviously VAR said no, 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 no. Now you got to come this way, and then we start the process over again. But the truth of the matter is that I didn't think it was clearly and obviously a mistake. So I didn't think there was a reason for him to be brought to the monitor. But. Obviously, Frank thinks I'm we wrong. We even talk about the law that needs to be changed at the end. Oh, oh my God, uh, that's yeah, the drop ball. Well, that's not, yeah. The drop no, ball that's, that's when they've got a corner day. kick. That's for another day. That's for another day. Right. Uh, uh, Where's Clattenburg? Uh, Get Clattenburg on. Full program of Premier League fixtures uh, this week. Uh, some of the highlights you're looking at that. Manchester United against Chelsea. Aston Villa taking on a Manchester City side without Jack Grealish, without Rodri as well. Both will be suspended for that tie. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Jao Felix was the talk of the town ahead of Barca against Atletico Madrid and post-match it was the same scenario as it would be the Portuguese who scored the winning goal against his parent club that would see Barcelona beat Atleti by one goal to nil to close the gap at the top of the table back to four points on Real Madrid. Fair to say they deserved it, didn't they, Green? Yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, only one man with the bragging rights was the man we talked about uh, at length before the game, Jao Felix. You know, all the talk about Styles and unhappy at, at uh, Atleti and Simeone and how this is his new home, certainly for now, and how he feels more comfortable. Then he had to go out and 
produce and he was effectively the match winner. He was really busy in the first half, not so much in, in the second half, but that's a perfect tonic for him, really. You know, because he wants... He, clearly there is, there is the divide there between not so much him and the club, but him and the coach and the coaching style. And for him to go out and A, deliver the winning goal, a big three points for his own manager, and I'm not going to say what it would mean uh, for him to defeat his old manager, but I'm sure it's quite a sweet moment for him. How much was this Atleti not showing up? Mm. Or how much was it Barca containing their threat? I would say that the first half was really good from Barcelona. The, the way that they moved the ball around, there was pace to the possession, there was purpose to the possession, taking the possession into the attacking half, creating chances, overlapping runs coming, in this case, from Jules Kuden down the right-hand side, Cancelo down the left-hand side. We saw the level of activity that Craig was talking about of Joao Felix. Lewandowski in, in situations and in positions where... Had he had a better day, had he had a better month, had he had a better season, we're talking about a different scoreline because, guess what, these are chances that usually Robert Lewandowski would be putting away. So the first half for Barcelona was really good. But to your point about Atletico Madrid, while we appreciate the fact that they're more open this year, that they're more attacking, that they're willing to then send numbers forward, Still, at the core of the identity of this group has to be energy and intensity because it is indeed what Diego Simeone demands and as to why Joao Felix is no longer part of mm -hmm. Atletico Madrid. And we didn't see that in the first half from Atletico Madrid. We saw it in the second half, and that made Barcelona a little, a little bit nervous, got Barcelona a little bit more conservative. They had to get their lines further back, and that created some half chances and opportunities for Atletico Madrid. But if Atletico Madrid doesn't have the intensity and the energy, which they didn't have in the first half, they become a team that has difficulties covering space because they have a tendency then to then get stretched. And when they get stretched, then there's an ability for Barcelona to find those spaces. The chances just were not put away by Robert Lewandowski. Do you know the amount of times I've sat here and, and watched Atleti over the last couple of years in particular and had to wait for the adversity that they faced mm. to show the quality that we know they have? Now, I know they have this amazing home record at the moment, but this wasn't at home. This wasn't against an average La Liga side. This was the big game in Barcelona at a title rival. Because that's what this was. Mm. There's, there's the, the, the part of this group with Girona and Real that are probably going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Now, Girona may not be, but we'll see about that story. And once again, it, it took, and it's taken to 60, 65 minutes for a barrage of substitutions, for them to get on the front foot, for them starting to put balls in the box and put that pressure on. And, and then it starts to get desperate. Whereas what we had here today was a Barcelona camp that were under way more pressure than Atleti. They were way more fragile. They, you could get at them as a team. You could get at their defence. You could quiet the crowd that was there. It wasn't a great crowd, but you could quiet the crowd. But they didn't do that. And yeah, Barcelona played some good stuff in the first half. I wouldn't say as good as they played in the Classical for an hour, but I think they were allowed to. It was so cut. I mean, how many challenges? How many challenges in that first 45 minutes did we see Atletico Madrid flying into? Not many at all. Uh, let's get more reactions, shall we? Pitch side, uh, Stuart Robson, who, of course, called the game, is uh, joined by Sid Lowe. Sid, how would you sum it up in overall? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I'm tempted to go back to the, the whole storyline from before the game. This was about Jal Felix in the end. It felt like it was about Jal Felix, not only because he scored the goal, but watching the way that 
he seemed to kind of enjoy slipping the knife in, that he enjoyed taking this back to Atletico Madrid and that that, that celebration was kind of a celebration that said, so now what? Now what do we think? There was a moment, I don't know if you caught it on TV in the second half, when, when he went down under a challenge and Simeone accused him of diving. Didn't actually say it to him, said it to the referee. And Jao Felix walked past and had a word. And there was a real sense, I think, tonight, that whatever happened in Madrid between him and the Atletico players, it's festering still. It's still there. And I think that drove him tonight. Now, I don't want to make it just about him, but in terms of the way this game went, it felt like about it was about him, didn't it? He was really, really up for it. He was really dynamic. He was really motivated. That said, there were a handful of other good performances. And a pick out on uh, pick out uh, Frankie de Jong, who I thought was absolutely fantastic tonight. Uh, Robbo, obviously you went for an athletic Yeah, absolutely, Frankie. Go on. So sorry, Robbo, carry on. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, Frankie de Jong was excellent playing alongside Gundogan. Both of those players controlled the game. They played one and two touch football. When wanted to be very wriggled out of situations, he could find that next pass. Pedri was then in the second half or in the start of the... It took a while, didn't it? Yeah, it Pedri. took a while. Yeah. Pedri started to make forward runs. But even Lewandowski's hold-up play was better than I've seen it in recent weeks. He, a couple of little flicks around the corner. And the two players we talked about before the game, Rafinha had a very good first half. That cross early on in the game where, really, Lewandowski should have scored with his head. And Jao Felix, who you've just talked about, was excellent. He tied a run at people. He found that little bit of space in between the midfield and the defenders. And you have to say, Atletico Madrid in that first half, as we've all been saying, were tepid in terms of their closing down, their understanding of the game. I was screaming at Hermoso throughout the first half. He was trying to get Raquel May to come back and mark the centre forward or come right in against him. And it just allowed 2v1 out in the wide areas. It was, her it was horrendous for Hermoso. He was protecting himself and not doing the job for the team. Uh, Robert, been highly critical of Barcelona over recent weeks. Could this prove to be a turning point? It could be, uh, but those same players that had something to prove today have got to prove it week in, week out. I think the midfield players will, will be a strong midfield if they can keep those three fit. And they're going to miss Gavi, of course they are. But those three that play today, they're all excellent players. And if you can get games out of João Felix, like he played today, like Rafinha played today, and you can get Lewandowski holding up the play and then get himself in the box, because he missed chances today, you're going to get good performances from Barcelona. And I thought the manager got it right in, play, in playing Arojo at centre-half to Mark Morata. He did a good job against him. And Kunde, we saw, get overlapping runs. So this could be the start of Barcelona building their confidence up once again. I need, a, I need to start with a flat cap on. We need, <laughs> we need, we need the flat cap. We need the, we need the flat Robbo cap. sleeps in that cap, you know. He's Peaky blinders. Since he's arrived in Spain, he loves it. Um, overall, is this the recipe now for success for Barcelona going forward? Because we've talked about different lineups and different personnel coming in for Xavi. Is this kind of the start of something? Well, I, I think all, all things being equal, that's probably their, their, the best midfield. I uh, don't think there's anybody else. Well, no, Gabby's Gab out. Gabby's yeah. out, but well, you could still argue. Uh, Pedri, Gundogan, who's the other one? De Jong. De Jong. And Frankie De Jong, sorry, who's been out for a while. I think that gives them the balance in there. And, and as Rob mentioned during the half, it allowed Gundogan to do a couple of things. It allowed him some freedom to go up and support along with Pedri, but it also allowed him to come back in and sit in there alongside with De Jong at certain times as well. And I think De Jong back is huge for them. Pedri offers different things going forward. I mean, last year we saw him play as a second striker alongside Lewandowski. He gives flexibility uh, to the manager. You know, 
Joe Cancelo at left back at the moment seems to be what what he's gone for over young uh, over young Baldi, and I think that front three for sure at this moment in time as we speak is their go-to front three with the younger players coming off the bench. So so yeah, in terms of his best eleven with Ter Stegen to come back in, he's he's probably absolutely on that at the moment. Lewandowski going to be okay, Robbo. I think he is. I mean, he missed three good chances. The one with his head that he should have just let slide off his forehead. I think he was waiting for Rob Black to come out and, and knock him out almost. The one where he it hits him almost on the shin when his movement in the box was good. But I was more impressed with his all-round play today. Even the, the one he missed at the end, it's a good run. He threatens to shoot with his right foot. He drags it inside. He beats the defender and then just gets it wide of the far post. But I thought Lewandowski was OK today. If he plays like that, then he'll be all right for the rest of the season. Do you agree, Sid? Well, I think with Lewandowski, and I agree with the performance. I, I would be concerned about how many chances he's missing because this yeah. isn't the Lewandowski that we're used to. This is Lewandowski who's come back from injury, scored against Alaves, but has played six other games and not scored. I'd be more ball. worried if he wasn't getting chances. That's true. That is true. And, and I, I was struck by the, the header in the first half, which more or less hit him in the face, mm. the, the one that he first tried to put away. And, and it felt to me like we were watching the Lewandowski that we've seen quite a lot, both this year and actually the back end of last mm. year as well. But, but I agree with you. I, I thought that we saw... A performance from him, which we haven't really seen, and, and I guess you know this this whole thing comes together. Is that you look at these players, as you say, that's a good midfield. If Lewandowski's playing well, if Rafinha's playing well, if Jao Felix is playing well, that's a good forward line. And there's actually not too much wrong with the defence either. And tonight we even saw that the second choice goalkeeper can be very good. Yep. I guess in a way, you know, this is going to be the game where everyone says that Jao Felix proved that he was right and Diego Simeone was wrong. But remember that the thrust of what Simeone was saying pre-game was anyone can have a good game. The question is, can you have lots of them? Can you be consistent? And I guess that is the question, which I'm now offering up as another question in answer to your question, Dan, was, is this the beginning of something? The question is, well, it is if they do it again. That said, we saw a week when they play Porto, mm -hmm. Atletico Madrid and Girona, and we looked as if you're in trouble if you don't get through these three games. Well, two down, they've won two of them. Yeah, two wins out of two. Meanwhile, for Atleti, we were talking about them very much as title contenders, Ali. Does today's result change that? It's a very frustrating performance overall from Atletico Madrid because if there was ever a time to play against Barcelona, this is it. Yeah. It's a team that was vulnerable. It's a team that is lacking confidence and was lacking confidence coming into this match. We have heard Xavi over the last few weeks talking about sensaciones, well, feelings. The feeling about Barcelona and around Barcelona hasn't been all that positive. And the players sense that. The fans sense that. The coaches sense that. Atletico Madrid didn't sense that. Yeah. They didn't feel it. They didn't look at this as an opportunity. And they didn't quite approach the game in the manner in which I thought that they should. Go and attack Barcelona. Go and expose those feelings that they're having right now. The discomfort, the lack of confidence. Go and expose it because you can, because you have proven that you can over the course of the season. Instead, they chose to take a step back in which you're not seeing a sliding challenge in the middle of midfield from Rodrigo de Paul with that sort of energy and that sort of intensity. You're not seeing a team that gets in anybody's face or wins a 50-50 challenge or wins duels. If you're not seeing that from Atletico Madrid, then I don't think you're going to see the quality in the attack either. And therefore, at this point, they come up short. And I don't know how important it is the fact that they hadn't won in Barcelona since 2006, but that continues. And I don't know how important it is the fact that Diego Simeone has never won at Barcelona, but that continues. Mm.
That continues. This was, I think, a missed opportunity for Atletico Madrid to really make a statement for themselves. You know what? This is a year in which we can win the league title. Uh, when we took a look at those fixtures, as Sid quite rightly mentioned, you looked at Porto, you looked at Atletico Madrid. Two down, one to go for Barca in this run as they take on Girona next Sunday. And that will be our feature game at 2.30 Eastern. And after the game, Sid Lowe and Robbo caught up with Joe Felix. Joe, was that as much fun as it looked like? Yeah, it was fun, the game. Uh, we are happy. Everyone in the dressing room are happy. Uh, it was an important game, tough one, and we are happy to, to get the three points. When you score the goal and you jump up onto the advertising boards and you stand there with your arms out wide, tell me, tell me what you're thinking, tell me what's going through your mind. Uh, I don't know, I think it was a, a relief, you know, because everything what, what uh, has been talked about me, uh, about my person, about my professionalism. So I think it was a relief from, from everything that, that was said um, and was the, the emotion of the game. I was not thinking on doing that, but it was the emotion of the game. We were talking before the game about how important you were going to be, how important Rafinha was going to be on the right-hand side. You both started the game really well, didn't you? Yeah, uh, every player has an important mm. role in, uh, in the game. If you are in, uh, in the right positions, we can help the team. And I was, I was good in the game, Rafinha was very good too. And I think everyone did a great match, so I think the three points are, are really well deserved. And did it make it slightly easier for you that your midfield of Frankie de Jong, Gundogan and Pedri played brilliantly today? Much easier. It's a dream midfield, I think. Uh, you have three players with that quality, I think. Not any team has like, like these three. Uh, and it's perfect for me to play between the lines because they uh, they always found me uh, even with Robert uh, Robert Lewandowski on the front it's it's the perfect players to play one two Robert Lewandowski yeah, yeah, today yeah. in and around the box it was really clever it was great to watch and congratulations for a good, good performance Thank not you. just from you from the team as well yeah we we have a good connection everyone has a good connection I think everyone thinks the same uh, during the game. Um, and yeah, keep keep going. We are doing well, uh, match by match. And yeah, let's keep going. So just to pick up on what you were saying before about lots of people have been talking about you this week. The whole of the build-up to the game feels like it's been about you. Um, from the way you're saying it, do you feel like people have been unfair about you? That that you've taken criticism that maybe you didn't deserve? Uh, I don't know. Uh, people that are not inside my life doesn't know what what really happened before um, so yeah sometimes it's unfair what they say but it's normal for a football player receiving some critic critics uh, that are not unfair but we are here to to play to improve every game and to one day the haters become become fans have you spoken to your former teammates after the game you've spoken to the atletico players i assume once the game's finished, he spoke to it finishes. During the game, when Espelicueta <laughs> kicked him once, and yeah. when once, uh, no, two, two times, and Jimenez in the box as well, yeah. it could have been a penalty. And it was a, it was a tough game from that point of view. It, it looked like a game, like to be honest, there were, there were, it felt like there were quite a lot of scores to settle. There was quite a lot of tension there on the pitch as well as as well as around the game. Yeah, of course, the games between Atletico and Barcelona are always tough. Uh, a lot of fight uh, duels, uh, and I think with more concentrate, we win more duels. I think it's much, much closer to, to win the game, and we did amazing this game. So yeah, the, the three points are well deserved. Thank you, Joe. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Bayer Leverkusen remain unbeaten in the Bundesliga, but they did drop two points on Sunday as they can only manage a 1-1 draw against the Borussia Dortmund. I mean, they're three points clear of Bayern Munich, who, of course, game yesterday was postponed due to weather. Well, after that 1-1 draw, Arturin Tuck caught up with Edin Terzic, but first, Granite Shack. Granite. 1-1 in the end, doesn't quite sum up the way that the game went. How would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, uh, in your opinion as well, I think um, to start well, but to to concede a goal, of course, is always um, not the plan what we had. But after that, how we played against a team who was uh, playing very, very deep, surprised very deep, in my opinion, shows a lot how much respect they had. Um, 24 shots a year before against a team who is thinking, I think, about to win the league shows how much quality we have in our team and shows that against us to play is not so easy. So great team performance, very passionate in the way that we defended. Um, I think we scored a really nice goal. And they had the control of the game, but in areas that we decided where they can have the ball, uh, we forced them to do things that they don't like. This is something that worked really well, only not in the, in the moment where we concede the goal. I think that we had one more clear-cut chance in, in the final seconds of the game. And I think there have been two, let's say at least one crucial decision against us um, that didn't help us to win that game today. So let's take a look at what that means. Well, Bayer Leverkusen now three clear at the top of the table. Bayern Munich, of course, have that game in hand after yesterday's postponed match. It's snowing in Germany, you know. It is snowing in Germany. Archie, Archie knows all about the snow in Germany. He's been having a lot of fun. I'm delighted that he's made it home and can join us. Now, Archie focusing away from the weather and on the 90 minutes that we saw, was 1-1 a fair representation of this game? <laughs> In Edin Terzic's opinion, yes. In my opinion, probably a bit fortunate because Bayer Leverkusen controlled this for the for the vast majority. And Dortmund reminded me of, of peak Atletico Madrid under Diego Simeone in terms of went out there to frustrate their opponents, nick a goal on the break, and if not if not doing anything else, we're gonna sit deep and try and yeah, make what we can against an opponent which is doing attacking things in a more fluid and better way than us. So, look, it's the first time that Leverkusen have had to face much adversity this season, mm. particularly at home. The game away at Bayern Munich, they came back well and responded well uh, twice when they went uh, one goal down and got a draw out of that. Impressive again today that... They, they showed this maturity. Xabi Alonso said that it was an exercise of maturity for how they had to respond to this. And yeah, look, maybe they took a few too many shots from outside the box where if they are being a bit more patient, they wait for the gaps to, to open up. But overall, they, they definitely had had the greater share of the game. But Dortmund still carved out some decent chances, even if it only says five shots for them. So, Archie, explain to me what happened. You were in Bayern, you were in Munich, the game was cancelled. You then had to get to Leverkusen, so you had to get an Uber, is that right? Because everything else was... An strong. Uber? Was it an, an Uber? Uber? What was no, it? No, mate. <laughs> no, uh, car sharing. What, so isn't that an Uber? I rented that, a car. That, that's not, no, that's, that's not, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> maybe, maybe the German definition, definition of it is different. I had to, like, hire a car off the street oh, in Munich wow. on an app 
um the first car i hired had a cracked windscreen um <laughs> so i had to go and get another one and then uh, i had to dig myself out of the snow uh with no spade or, or shovel and a guy with a snow tractor came up to me and was like do you need any help i went do you think so pal yeah i do actually um long story short i got out seven hour journey got back to leverkusen for the game uh, yeah, it, and the snow's following me, whether it's in Helsinki, Munich, wow. Cologne. I'm just hoping tomorrow it doesn't snow because I'm, I'm kind of sick I, of it now. not happening. What's that? I'm, I'm not going. That's, I'm not, <laughs> I, I, that's a lot of work to yeah. get to your football So then game. did you have to drive back or could you get a flight back and just ditch the car, Archie? No, no, I was able to, I've been able to ditch the car here in Cologne. That's why I did it, because ah, otherwise... I see. I would, I, would be in, I would be in trouble. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> what a lovely weekend. <laughs> and what are you doing this week, Archie? Not driving anywhere now, I hope. Uh, I, I will be hunkering down yes. uh, until Borussia Dortmund against RB Leipzig next weekend, Perfect. which is a big game, which you can see with us, uh, for the final spot in the Champions League right now, because Stuttgart look like they're running away from everyone. Uh, in the top four, at least, which is surprising. So, yeah, uh, I, I will be lying low. Brilliant, Archie. Lie low, chill out. Well done. Uh, just a reminder, then, we've got the Paul Cowell, uh live view on Tuesday and Wednesday. All of these matches in the round of 16 will be live on ESPN+. Uh, Bundesliga then this uh, weekend, taking a look at some of those ties. As Archie mentioned, the one that stands out, certainly Borussia Dortmund taking on Leipzig. That is the late game on Saturday. <laughs> uh, that's it. That one. Come and peruse oh. extra time, uh, which is coming up. Frank back, of course, Ali and Craig as well to answer your questions. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Whoa, what an eclectic mix we had at the end there of the show. Craig's with us, Ali as well. Well, lots of different. We had Liga MX, we had MLS, we had lots of PSV. Otherwise known as pointless. <laughs> don't think it's pointless Whoa. in your world, not other people's. Whoa. Whoa. People like it, don't they? Whoa. Everyone. Thanks here, Frank. You enjoyed it, life. didn't you? Up until coming here, I made it through life without seeing that. Just because you game. doesn't like it mean that Whoa. other people don't Whoa. like it. Stephen down the road, he likes it. <laughs> Mary, she's sad. Sad. Frank's here as well. Big polo net, Frank. What's the what's the occasion? Uh, I know you. The show. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Any <laughs> chance? Any chance you can pull it up a little bit, Frank? <laughs> just over, just below the nose. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Yeah. There, there we are. There we oh, are. We? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Perfect. Mm. Perfect. Mm. <laughs> yep. And the show has gone sideways. I'm being quiet. <laughs> not gonna, no, no, yeah, right, no, 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 we're not doing that. No, no for Craig, no. start no. bench or drop your favourite things in the world. Ange Postacoglu, golf, beer. <laughs> oh, okay. I kept trying to talk about City during the show and he kept steering it back yeah. to Spurs every time. Yeah. Positive. I know. Good <laughs> to watch. Yeah, I know. Bring yeah. back Antonio Conte and Jose Mourinho. There you go. Fantastic. Start bench or drop, right? Yes. yes. Golf, beer, Ange. All right. I. I Oh, I know. Can I answer for you? Okay. <laughs> so, golf, beer, and postecoglou. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. And what? What's the top? Golf. He's got. He's got golf. Oh, you. Got you. Golf. I'm talking about you. You, yeah. you. You. You start with golf. You bench, beer, and you drop postecoglou. Right. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, 100% yeah, correct. I, I, I think that's correct. I tell you what, I'm just gone. Right, I'm, I'm just gone. gone. Right? Yeah. No, no, we're on a close call here. Yes, I know. This is close. It's a difficult one. This is very close difficult. to your heart. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But golf season's over now. Does that mean the gym season starts? That's normally how it works with you. Well, actually, I was thinking about it because. What colours make you look slimmer? <laughs> uh, well, dark. You've got to go dark, uh, haven't you? Salmon. Salmon. <laughs> salmon. <laughs> what, you want vertical stripes, so you're not horizontals. What about Salmon colour. I think Jack's all right. I think it's No, okay. gym season's... I'm not... I'm kind of out of love with the gym. Since, okay. Since my so what season is it now? What do you mean? Well, golf season's over. What will keep you occupied? Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> Beer. <laughs> Beer season starts. <laughs> Dogs. Dog season. Yeah. Yeah. Spending money on cars. Oh, yeah. Right. I don't mean buying them. No. <laughs> Fixing the bloody things. Well, that's all right. All right. And, uh, you know, there we are. Taking in the nature of uh, Connecticut. Oh, lovely. The, the, the changing in the oh, colours. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. There are no more colours. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there are no colours left. It's just dark and miserable. Yeah. And hopefully getting away somewhere. Uh, Ali, did you ever go up against a former team and desperately want to score against them, similar to Jao Felix well, today? I, I, had, well, I had many former teams yep. that I was desperate to score. Didn't always do so. Uh, but yeah, one in particular, the uh, Houston Dynamo traded me to the Columbus Crew and it wasn't done in the best way possible. Right. I didn't feel like it was a fair decision. And the first game that I played against the Houston Dynamo with the Columbus Crew, I scored, and my celebration wasn't all that friendly. Oh. Let's just say that I wasn't one of those that didn't celebrate. No, no. If I scored against my former team, get it, take yeah. that, take, yes. get it. Of course, mm -hmm. they rejected you. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I don't deal with rejection all that well. Ben. No, no, <laughs> evidently. Don't get all this. Yeah. Right. I saw somebody do it, it was in a few years, I can't remember who it was, a few years ago in England. And they'd, they were up, they'd only been in loan at this club. Right. And scored against them, we're giving it all <laughs> Yeah. Derby against Chelsea, did you have Oh, no. Yeah, I went back. I don't know if Frank played. It was mm, 2000. Right. I remember because Deschamps played in that game. It was the last game of the season, didn't mean anything for us, so I didn't score. 4-1. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Score. Yes, I remember. No, 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 so I didn't, I didn't score. Yes, means, exactly. I didn't mean, so I didn't score. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's the way I felt it was no, came no, out. I tried to score. I didn't have to score, don't worry. No, no, I tried. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, and uh, I never went back to Celtic to play. So I didn't really have the chance, but I would have loved to. Yeah. Did you ever play against Strasbourg, Frank? Uh, I played against Strasbourg and I came back with Marseille, but we drew nil-nil. That's the only play I played against them. but. When I signed from Laval to Strasbourg, like six months after, we had to play the playoff uh, to know who would go up. So I played against my former team. I didn't score, but I, I, we won the game. And I talk about that because uh, yesterday, my coach, uh, my first coach, the, the guy who gave me the big chance of being a football, uh, football player, uh, has passed away yesterday. And, uh, and um, and is the one that I apologized to after that game. Where I said I'm very sorry because I knew that he wanted to put Laval back up to to the, the league, and we uh, we put them out of the business. So um, I just want to give a tribute to him and remember that game that I was I was happy about, but at the same time very sad for for my former club Laval. 
Ali, is this the best we've seen of Rafinha all season? Is he cementing his place on the right wing of Barca's front three? Uh, the most active, uh, the most interested in the game, uh, perhaps he's finding better positions that we have seen in the past from him, certainly this season. But I still would like to see productivity, final product, and the final decision, the pass or the scoring opportunity, taking advantage of those core opportunities so that he rewards all the effort and all the work that he puts in. Yes, this was one of the best performances he's had this season, but I think what could make it better certainly is if he rewards himself putting the ball in the back of the net. Some of us can go home tonight oh. and, 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 uh, and just... Where's this going? There's two of us here and out of three could really go home tonight and think, do you know what? Come what may, we've really put in a shift this weekend. Right. <laughs> and then there's somebody else. I don't know why this has come up, really. I don't know why you've even brought it up. No, but go ahead. I had yesterday off. Yeah. But I'm doing five days this week. How many are you doing? So you're doing four days, so no, therefore, no, not, so therefore not, get off your high horse of this yeah. hard working no, man. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's all about the weekend. It's all, it's <laughs> all about the important. Really? Unless it's golf season. <laughs> and then it's less important. Yeah, yeah. Now that it's not golf season, right, yes. weekends are very important. Oh, I see. So we, he was in slogging in the morning. Yes. I came in, picked the slack up. Yeah, you had quite a long day as well, didn't you? We did Real Madrid. Have I mentioned that? And you had Newcastle, yeah. Well, I had to yeah. come in early to watch the second half of Arsenal. Oh, what a hard life. Well, because I couldn't What was it stopping you doing? What would you be doing at home? I was, uh, I was grooming the dogs. Oh, really? How did you groom them like that? <laughs> grooming the dogs. Beautiful. <laughs> Three dogs, Frank. Come on, it takes a lot of grooming. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, he bangs on about it. <laughs> well, right. well it, it, doesn't, it doesn't get away from the point. Right. You are nowhere to be seen. Okay. If you're doing five days, right, three days no, nobody will care about. Oh, really? Which days are those? <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, Craig, why is City defence struggling this year? Uh, well, I think the left side is definitely, and I keep sort of chuntering on about this, but that left side, Valdiol Aki, which keeps changing and changed again today. Liverpool game, Aki was back in to deal with Salah. Today, Valdiol was been back in. We saw the problems he had at Chelsea. Uh, he got caught out early on today. It was him, I think, when Brennan Johnson outran him. Uh, it didn't come to anything, but they just, they've sort of got, I think they've gone back to that attacking sort of leaving themselves open a little bit at the back and got away from what really was successful for them last season. I also think one or two of the players individually haven't played as well. I don't think Akanji has played as well. I certainly don't think Diaz has looked the player that he was mm -hmm. uh, 12 months ago. It uh, looks as if he's lost a little bit of pace. Uh, I think the one constant really has been uh, Kyle Walker. And it's mainly because... Who's John Stones? What's he doing? He's been injured. Yeah. I think he's back available again, but he's and I think he's better at stepping into the middle than Manuel Akanji. I think Akanji's better suited to not stepping in there as often and, and using his pace at the back. So when he steps in there, you lose Akanji's pace uh, chasing back for the counter-attacks. But yeah, we'll see if they, they clean it up between now and the end of the season. Ederson hasn't been great either. No, exactly. I was going to say Ederson. Yeah. And, and so that. even when you get stretched and even when you give up chances, if the goalkeeper is able to come up with a big save or two, now we're having a, a different type of conversation. And so Ederson himself hasn't been all that great. And that gets not only exposes him, but exposes his back line and whatever is going on with the team getting stretched in front of him. Frank, who finishes higher this season, Manchester United or Chelsea? As it stands, United are five no. points ahead of Chelsea. 
Well, let's say I can give you maybe if Manchester United wins next uh, next game, which is on Wednesday against Chelsea, mm -hmm. I can clearly say that Manchester United is going to finish above Chelsea. But if by any kind of, you know, chances, I would say Chelsea uh, can win at Old Trafford, um, yeah, that would be a, a big fight between those two. But how disappointed it is to say that none of them is going to finish in the first four. Mm. That's for me almost certain. And uh, that's sad for the two clubs, that's sad for, the, for, for their fans. Uh, but that's the reality of uh, the, the strength or the non-strength that they showed this season so far. That's where they are, isn't it? United, Chelsea, nowhere near the juggernauts they used Ten to be. cracking everybody up. And... Oh, are you loving your Ten hard quote? <laughs> it's just, it's, it's comedic. <laughs> yeah, if Harry Maguire wasn't offside, we would have drawn the game. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of, he's had so many issues. Conor Gallagher had won the ball. Chelsea, yeah. Okay, let's do this. Last question, and we'll go oh. home. For Ali. Oh, you've got a long week, haven't you? Pardon? You've got a long week. <laughs> what are you going to do with yourself tomorrow? Well, you know, you need you need to when you've walked all weekend. Right. Yeah. You really need to <laughs> just take it down. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> For Ali, how excited are you about Columbus being in the MLS Cup final? What are their chances for beating LAFC? Their favourites? It's at home. It's, uh, that's my toupee. <laughs> yes, and and <laughs> excited, of course, because let's not forget that it wasn't too long ago that the Columbus crew somehow were going to be moved and go somewhere else, and they were going to lose the franchise. Yes. And, yeah. and back then, I was very critical of that, and I, I remain critical of that. And, and, and the fact that the Columbus crew, with the new ownership, have, have come in, they have a new stadium in place, they've won an MLS Cup since then, and now find themselves hosting yet another MLS Cup, I think it speaks volume for the Columbus crew organization, what they've been able to do. And of course, I'm picking the Columbus crew. But to does win. it not kind of dilute your success if they win more? Like your like your success with them is kind of forgotten a little bit. And like Frank, you know, Frank in the France World Cup. Right. He doesn't really want them to win much more. Well, that's gone though. Because he gets forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I think very little about this, Dan. Not really? And I am not nearly as self-involved as Frank is. Yes, Frank. Yes. And so I know that for Frank, that may be an important factor in his life. Yeah. As it is for me, I am proud of my accomplishments and our accomplishments as a team, but I'm proud of the Columbus crew and what they're doing. Do you have some humility? Maybe someone on this panel could. Well, I'm just saying. I don't know. Not you, him. He's still angry about Azerbaijan being struck from the records because France beat Gibraltar 14. Yeah. Sorry? They beat the territory. They didn't beat the country. And then they beat Gibraltar 14 now, which destroyed his record. But he said it shouldn't have count because Gibraltar's not a country. Oh, what a way to finish the week. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that's it. Some of us will be back at work tomorrow. Um, others not. They'll be <laughs> decompressing after not a hard week. back until Wednesday. Oh, you got Tuesday off as well. Oh, no. You're missing Luton Arsenal. Oh. Sorry? You're missing Luton Arsenal. I'm going. Are you going to Kenilworth Road? Correct. <laughs> we're going Burley, sat there <laughs> in the rain. Uh, that's it. See you tomorrow. Bye.